Coming to you live from the Jepsons Malort Fan Club headquarters, it is the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your host, Drunk Shy Sox fan. And Hot Take Tommy. On this episode, we have celebratory shots of Malort lined up in front of us right now. We've got a 9-1 record against the shit teams in the division. We've got Mac going crazy. We've got a Cup Series we got to line up for us. And playoffs? Question mark. All of this brought to you by <laughs> DBC, DBC brand. brand. On point. I love that we can get the DBC brand on point when we're together. Yeah, when we're apart, it's just, it's never, <laughs> it's just not the same without D- you. DBC brand, Ben. With a little online Zoom lag in there, too. So you're not truly understanding what we're saying. Uh, Tom, give me a 30-second rundown of how your day is going. Um, my day is going fine. I had errands. I Well, I went in for four hours on my day off to cover my GM because, you know, you got to be covering the GM. Of course. And then... Tommy's got to do a little kiss ass. That's uh, cool. Yeah, you have to, right? And then we got to do some errands. We be moving into our new condo. Hey, congratulations to Tommy and his wife, Kichi, who are moving into their new condo on the northwest side. Yes, we are homeowners. Yes. I'm looking am. forward to having a nice, permanent space to yes. podcast in, too. I am. <laughs> well, yeah, right. And I am um, part of the elite now, uh, right? Ooh. I think that's what it is. That when what you is? when you become a homeowner, you're immediately, like, stopwatch, top hat, like... Oh, really? Is that what it is? One <laughs> percent. You're like the Monopoly man? Yes, that's okay. what that's what I feel like. Um, <laughs> but Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honestly though, I went from 400 to 500 square feet, I don't really remember, to 1400 square feet. That's so true. you went from shoebox to sizable place. I literally I'm, I'm very couldn't excited, be happier. Very excited to see it in yeah, person. It'll be good. It'll be good. Anyway, so that's my day. Indeed. Okay. Well, we have celebratory shots lined up, not just for you being yes. a new homeowner, not just for me getting a huge scholarship for grad school. Yes, huge. But also as a follow-up to what we said last podcast. We are nothing if we are not men of our word. Amen. And we said we are going to take shots of Malort, the finest Swedish liqueur. Please sponsor us. Um <laughs> The <laughs> official, unofficial sponsor of the Sons of Honarchy podcast. We said we were going to take the shots if we were four and a half, if we averaged four and a half games. Oh my God, you did it again. This is so funny because you did it last time too. You said if we averaged four and a half games. If we averaged four and a half what time? Runs. Runs per we, game. There you go. And we out here averaging, what was the count? It was five five and, and, a half? and a half. After today's big nine, nine nothing victory. Nothing. It went up to five and a half runs per game over the last nine games. Mm. Insane. Mm-mm. I'm so glad Mm-mm. that the offense Mm-mm. is alive and well. Let's cheers to that. Cheers. Down the hatch. Woo! I'll have another. I have not had a shot of Malort. This is bad of me to say. In months. I have one every night before bed. Of course. I did <laughs> It's in medicinal purposes. <laughs> medicinal malort, ladies and gentlemen. It's the it's the new health kick. <laughs> Essential oils and medicinal malort. That's those are the two things on the rage. Oh my god. No. Um so 
It feels really good to win five straight games. Is this what winning baseball this, teams feel like? This this must be. Is baseball fun again? I think baseball's because fun again. if you listen to us last Monday, was that last Monday? Yeah, last Monday yeah. came out early Tuesday, possibly. Mm-hmm. We were down. Oh the my dumps. god, we were ready to fire <laughs> Renteria. We were ready to upset. <laughs> I've been over baseball. Sad boy hour was was. In high key, yeah, no, 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 no. We're that we're, was insane. Sad boy hours done. It'll it'll be back at some point this season. I got a feeling. Like I said, this is a roller coaster season. Sad boy hour is gonna be back, but right now, let's fucking go. Seriously, uh, I mean, come as on. you said it, five straight victories, a four. Game sweep of the Detroit Tigers, which I will get to in a second. Yes, yes it's the Tigers. It's hype. Nonetheless, it's the first four-game sweep that this team has had since 2015, and it is the first four-game sweep of the Tigers' Tom since 05. Uh-oh. Which means... The writing is on the wall. We're going to go to the series. We're going to have four complete games in the series. It's going to be... <laughs> it's going all the way, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> put it in ink. Yes, put it in ink, but like we're joking. Fangraphs. Okay. Oh wow. Referencing Tommy about to reference <laughs> fangraphs. Whoa. I, I was Okay, oh hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is indirectly referencing because I was listening to the score on the way in. Okay. Okay, so yeah, like everybody calm down, calm down. Um <laughs> Calm down, alright? We we have fan graphs at a ninety percent likelihood that the Sox are in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously the expanded playoffs. Yeah, I mean, helps like, help help us out tremendously. We'd be at like right, forty. I if, was gonna say we'd be <laughs> below fifty percent right now if it weren't for the yeah the extra wild card uh-huh. spots. I guess that's what we're gonna call them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're looking good. We're taking. Here's the thing. We're taking care of business where business needs to be taken care of, okay? That, yes. You gave me a stat that I actually was not aware of. I knew it was a good record, but I didn't realize it was yes. this good. Yeah. They are. 9-1 and one against KC and Detroit. So, doesn't get much better than that. You're beating teams that need to get beat. These, these are... Somebody, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was our, our buddy Sam, a.k.a. Mansu Lee, who <laughs> is uh, at Pale Hose 05. It may have also been Sam Mendelson, but I'm not sure. Somebody, <laughs> one of the guys Somebody said. Somebody named Sam. One of those guys said <laughs> about last night, this is one of those games that the 2019 White Sox would lose. Yeah. But this team wins this game. Mm-hmm. They come from behind. They scratch claw bite their way back to three to three to a three to three game against Casey Mize. And then they take the bullpen holds it down and the White Sox score some runs off of Detroit's bullpen. Late in the eighth, of course. Mm-hmm. But they nonetheless score runs later in the game in order to capture victory. Just like That's something that didn't happen last year. Just like outs is outs, runs is runs. I don't give a damn when they're scored. Okay, I love that you just made that comment <laughs> because my dad a few days ago. Yes, I want to say this was at the beginning of the week. Maybe it was like after. It was after Monday's game. Yeah. that's what it was. And he said they're depending too much on the long ball. 
Number one, that is the most boomer thing I have ever heard in my entire life. You're depending too much on the long ball. Ridiculous. Number two, if they're mashing the baseball out of the ballpark, even better. It's not getting caught. You're not depending on luck. Mm -hmm. It's getting hit. It's getting hit hard, and it's getting hit in a place where nobody can field it. If anything, that's where I want balls hit. Yeah, I I do I do remember that you are an a uh, big fan of the three outcome baseball, you know, <laughs> walk, why, strike out, home run. That's why I love those, Adam Dunn's your... second season in a White Sox uniform. <laughs> Jesus okay? <laughs> the man led the American League in walks and had like 41 homers. Hey, I, okay, so that, yes, that is a boomer comment, and yes, there's no, if you're going to rely on the long ball, then you're the Minnesota Twins of last year. So Yeah, like, exactly, and right behind them, the New York Yankees. <laughs> But that being said, right, okay, it is good to see that they also know how to manufacture runs if they're not hitting home runs in a game. So, like, for sure. I mean, yes, they showed two it days against, ago or whatever it was. Well, they showed it against Mize, right? Yeah, the there first, you go. The first three runs of that game before Abreu's game-winning home run and yes. Edwin's insurance home run. Yes. All three of those runs came off of manufacturing walks, base hits. Yes. Getting on base and driving guys in. Okay? Which I just don't need us playing Aussie ball in 2020. No, we don't. know. We it's do not. not going to work. We don't need that. We don't, like, and have to. And this team good, isn't built yeah, for it. Exactly. We don't have to use it because this team's going to hit bombs. Um, but – it's more of offensive consistency, which is why we took a shot. What do we got next? Um, oh, we got to talk about Mac. First off, for those of the listeners that do not know who Mac is, <laughs> because I think that is a one, maybe two player phrase. Yeah, no, that's I'm, I've only heard Gio say that. So and today, I so. think Ricky Renteria has maybe said it once or twice. Yeah, too. there you go. There so you this go. is James McCann. Yes. Okay, this is a man who I have been hypercritical of since day one. Yeah. of the White Sox signing him because he came to the White Sox uh, in a year where the previous year, his last year in Detroit in yeah. 2018, this man had like a weighted runs created of, like, 58 <laughs> in, like, 130 <laughs> games. He was atrocious offensively. Yeah. And he is, he's been a lot better, eons better, in a White Sox uniform. Yes, he so, has. But let's, let's talk about this specifically in the case of Lucas Giolito, where Giolito goes out. Since we've last talked, Giolito mm-hmm. has had two starts. Mm-hmm. The first start was against St. Louis. He has struggles with the first inning, yeah. with controlling his mm-hmm. fastball. Yasmani is behind the plate. I'm not saying that's a reason for him doing that or a but reason. But that probably is the reason. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, you can't, hey, here's the, here's what on. I'm going to say. If you can't pitch well with Yasmani Grandal behind the plate, what the hell is your problem? Yeah. Okay, that's no, kind yeah, of the yeah. initial thought, right? But – he struggles in the first inning. Lee, Lucas has always been a guy who struggles in the first inning. Though. Yeah, he, and he settled and then down. He, settles. he yeah, settled down after that, but obviously the White Sox had a hard time manufacturing runs those first couple games against St. Mm-hmm. Louis. Now, comes out today. Obviously and you only had seven lineup. innings to do it in those first two games, which is annoying. But okay. Yeah. yeah. So, coming back to today, where he strikes out 13, scoreless through seven, McCann is behind the plate. Interesting. Obviously, there's a sense of comfortability. Yes. 
So what are your thoughts on that, Tom, before I, I make my statement? Well, I'm about to institute a new catchphrase, hashtag, what have you. Yeah. It's Operation Resign McCann. And <laughs> I'm slowly, I am going to convince White Sox Twitter that this is a good idea. I don't know if White Sox Twitter needs convincing. There yeah, are no, you're of, right. You're right. There <laughs> are a lot of people who are in the McCann corner. There are even people who are in the McCann is better than Grandal corner. Yeah, no, you're right. That which is that that's outrageous. But how many teams are out there that have two All Star caliber catchers? You like that could be the way that you solidify yourself as a team that has real depth, not mm-hmm. faux depth, but real depth. Mm-hmm. And you could say to James McCann, hey, you probably have more value here on the Sox than you do in another uniform. Right. Because if think- I'm another team, I say, dang, that's a good season and a half of baseball from James McCann. Would I bet on him being able to do that in my on my team? Eh, I don't know. I'll go with my prospects. Right. You know? I mean, think think of it this way, too. I think a lot of teams are hesitant to maybe put uh, somebody valuable on the trading block for James McCann if, if, if a team needs a catcher yeah. because of his production per 162. Yes. Okay? Or per 150 yeah. games. Yeah, because right? he fell off. At he the, fell off mm-hmm. in the second half of the season, right? Exactly. Which and brings me back to he has more value to the Sox than he does anywhere else because – of this personal catcher idea, like our ace just loves pitching to him. Right. He just he just does. And unless the deal is super sweet. Yeah. And I'm not saying a, a lower end top hundred prospect. I'm saying a proven major league talent. Yeah. For James McCann. Especially if it's a starting pitcher, but I'm not you're, gonna go you're there. You're saying right now. you would trade James McCann for a Nomar Mazzara. As <laughs> oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> yes. But it has to be a proven major league talent in order yeah. to be a, 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 a trade. Mm-hmm. I think James McCann adds a lot of value to this team. Period, end of discussion. And mm-hmm. if Giolito if is more comfortable pitching, to McCann than he is Grandal, then so be it. Exactly. Let it happen. John Lester had David Ross as a personal right. catcher, and and there was no really qualms about it. Yeah, exactly. Was he the best catcher on that team? No. no. But was he John Lester's personal catcher? Yes. And was did he yeah. did he play in Game Seven of the World Series? Yes, <laughs> because of comfortability. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you, you can always yeah. DH Grandal, especially if like Edwin is slipping off. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just think there's, about that. There's, and not, there will and be a spot for Grandal in the lineup. Exactly, and that's considering that we're going to resign Edwin, which is not definitely a sure not thing. a surefire thing. And yeah, I mean, at this point. I want both of them back next year, McCann and Edwin. Mm-hmm. But who knows, you know? Anyway, I that's that's my new initiative. I'm gonna institute Operation Resign McCann. We'll see if that gets any traction or what have you. And I just yeah, this well, this whole. I'll tell you what right now. 
I'll support you in that operation, unlike the uh, Wellington Castillo bandwagon. So <laughs> I was gonna mention the Wellington, the Welly bandwagon when uh, <laughs> when you were talking about how it took you a while to come around on James McCann, because it took me a while to come around to James McCann. I remember one of our first podcasts, we were like. James McCann, though, like that's who we're signing. We were so mad. We were literally so mad oh, that we yes. were signing James McCann of all floored. players. And the fact that, like, the White Sox uh, scouting department, like, as soon as he was DFA'd or just like non tendered or whatever it was, they were like begging for James McCann to come play for the Sox. And we were all like, you idiots. And hey, I mean. I don't know if that was a stroke of luck or if that was a stroke of genius. I'm leaning towards stroke of luck. I love the tandem. I think there's a yeah. real reason why you targeted Grandal in free agency. Yes. McCann's value right now is as high as it will be. Whether it, he's trade bait, I, I hate for it to be that way. Mm-hmm. But whether he's trade bait or whether he is actually your backup catcher, your second catcher for the future, so be it. Yeah. The way that I'm seeing it right now is, look, we've already traded a backup catcher in Omar Narvaez for good, like, for our good return in Colome. Why don't we just hold on to this backup catcher? Like, we can't say goodbye to every quality catcher we, we get. For sure. I mean, we do have Yasmani for a while, but still, like, let's let's resign him. Let's hold on to him. We, like... There are teams that would kill for the depth that we have, so why don't we just be the team... In that position. In that position. In that position. I repeat, in that position. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Just wanted to clarify there. (laughs) So why don't we just... Why can't we just be the team that's like, damn, like, I just don't want to face their catchers. Like, there's nothing wrong with having that quality to your team. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Yeah, good. Doing all right? Yeah, I'm all right. It could be better, though, right? could be better. And I think a lot of that sometimes boils down to us at the Sons of Honarchy putting in all this hard work and getting worn down, right? Yeah, And yeah. we have this big project that we put out on a weekly basis that we want to get seen by as many people as possible, right? Yeah, we We want to be heard and appreciated, but sometimes we put out these posts and these podcasts and we go like one or two likes, yeah. right? Yeah. It's usually like me, you, and, and your wife, right? <laughs> and, and sometimes we, we need this sleek, impeccable presentation mm-hmm. like on our videos, our mm-hmm. podcasts, and the content we create, but we lack the know-how and the resources, right? Yeah. Who should we get in touch with, Tom? You know, I got a feeling we got to get in touch with DBC Brands. I think I heard of them. Uh, yeah. What uh, do they do? They give us our choice of three t- solid tiers. Solid tiers. Solid. Rock solid. Of <laughs> social media marketing plans. We're going to get access to professional social media content curation, email marketing, blog posting, live video, and photography sessions and more. Wow. I haven't even heard of half of that shit. <laughs> well, you can find out more by visiting dbcbrand.com, and you can give your business the creative touch and the spotlight 
it deserves. Easy. DBC. Digital, Digital by Creatives. Yeah. That's an ad. One thing that we do on the Sons of Honarchy podcast from time to time, if you're a regular listener, you definitely know of this segment is the Minoso Minute. If you're a White Sox fan, you definitely know about who Minnie Minoso is and the impact that he had on baseball and outside of the lines of baseball, things that are way more important than the sport that we love. Uh, so what we do on this podcast is we talk about issues that come up that are baseball related but are way bigger than baseball. Uh, if you are a Major League Baseball fan and you follow more than just the White Sox, or even if you're just inclined to the news, you probably heard about Reds baseball announcer Tom Brenneman, uh, who works for Fox Sports. He, he also does football on Sundays from time to time. Uh, he had a little bit of a mishap, we'll call it, uh, at least a mishap, uh, and he blurted out on air a homophobic slur i will not repeat that homophobic slur um tom brunneman i love him as an announcer he is very good at what he does and i love listening to his broadcasts actually that's one thing that i kind of remember growing up is every fourth of july we would go and visit my relatives down in Dayton, Ohio, and the closest baseball team is the Cincinnati Reds. So I remember Tom Brenneman's calls on the TV very clearly throughout my childhood. Uh, he's a great announcer. That being said, Fox Sports has kind of already taken a step in saying that they are not going to have him on the NFL play-by-play uh, -play for the 2020-2021 season. The Cincinnati Reds, in my opinion, need to do the same exact thing and take him off the air for the remainder of the baseball season. It's not just a mishap, as I called it earlier. It is a way bigger issue than that. Tom Brenneman cannot be on the air, whether he knows it or not, uh, and say the things that he did. He cannot hide behind any sort of veil, especially in his apology where he says, I am a man of faith. If anything... You're held to even a higher standard, and you cannot say those sorts of things. End rant. Period. So, being an amateur podcast, I don't know what happened, but half of this next segment is missing. Um, honestly, all I said was um, that I'm talking about Danny Mac. So, first of all, thank you to Steve for that last minute of audio. Appreciate his thoughts, obviously. And here we go. We're jumping into talking about the one and only Danny Mac and what our opinion of this man is. So anyway. He comes out and he describes White Sox fans as crybabies in the middle of a White Sox segment. So he's told, I'm, I'm assuming, by his producers, hey, this is a segment about the White Sox. They're playing well. Let's talk about them. And, you know, it's a Chicago radio station, so you'd think that's a normal thing. He decides to go out on a limb and say, so now that they're playing well and they're garnering attention for Tim Anderson and Luis Robert, they can stop being crybabies about how we don't get enough national attention. So that's his opinion of White Sox fans. This man has been in the Chicago radio booth, whatever, 
for way too long. Let's just put it that way. How can you have an opinion like that of one of two of Chicago's baseball teams? W- like, literally, what the hell, man? If you are a radio personality, you are inten- your intended audience is all of Chicago. All of Chicago. And if you're going to take that attitude toward my team and me as a fan of this fan base, you're attacking me saying I'm a crybaby for saying we don't get enough national attention. Well, hey, guess what? We don't get enough national attention. And I'm allowed to complain about that. And you as a Chicago personality should be in my corner. Danny Mac, get off the air. You're old. There you go. Thank you, Tom. And you know what? Sometimes it's not even that the White Sox don't even get enough national attention for me. It's that they don't get enough regional attention exactly. for me. Exactly. Right? And I get the 670. The score is now the flagship, flagship home, home of the Cubs yep. but for radio. But at the same time, too, like, yeah, these Chicago sports analysts need to st- – I mean, on both sides. They need to Sox, be yeah. – Cubs, Bears, whatever – you got to start taking your own personal biases out of the equation. We are on a podcast. Even like Chuck Garfine is bad at it. No, yeah, that's that's true. hundred percent. Ozzie Gian, obviously, I mean, but he's like not. he's there to be that. I mean, like that's yes. his personality. Dave Kaplan, mm. another perfect mm-hmm. example, right? Here's the thing: we are on a podcast. Mm-hmm. That we self-describe ourselves as Chicago White Sox fans talking about only Chicago White Sox baseball. That's where that kind of bias is appropriate. Correct. It is inappropriate in a setting where you are a Chicago sports radio personality where you're supposed to talk about all of Chicago sports. Exactly. I want your personality. I don't want your This is where I Tom really commend, This is where I really commend Lawrence Holmes. This is why I love Lawrence I Holmes. literally, I literally, <laughs> literally was just going to say, give me more Lawrence. Yep. Give me more. Give him three more hours. I will be more than happy. Yeah. And hell, e- even Herb does the, the executive producing yes. for Cubs games. So, like, and they, he's not like, oh, I'm too good for that. Like, no. Lawrence Holmes is on record talking about how he had season tickets to White Sox games. He is a White Sox fan, first and foremost. The man talks about Cubs baseball, and if you didn't know that about him, you would think he's a Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. Because he's a consummate professional. Yep. Danny Mack? Not so much. Isn't it McNeil and Parkins? I don't, Isn't yeah, that what yeah, it is? there it is. That's McNeil and Parkins. Right. And Parkins, I like. I mean, he's good. He, he, his job, I think, is literally to tone down Mac, like take, like rein him in every once in a while. Is yeah. like that. I think that's his whole job because this man is Parkins, off. I got mad the respect lamb. for Parkins too because literally at Copex opener, he was down in the craft cave buying people beer. That's great. I think it was Kopech's opener, if I'm not mistaken. Good for him. It could have been a different game, but I know there was a game where he was down in the craft cave buying people beer. So, shout out to Parkins. Um, Thank t- you for giving me the, of course. the time of day on that. We're, that's a, that's a guy. Uh, I don't want to cancel him because I'm not like a cancel culture guy, but I'm fair. I'm in the I'm in the frame of mind where it's like he's past his prime. Let's uh let's talk White Sox baseball then. Yes, let's. So, we've been good. We've been really good the last five games, especially offensively. So let's, since we've been good, let's talk about what's coming up. We've got the third best team 
in the league, according to record. According to record. The Chicago Cubs. Now, we just got off the phone on FaceTime with my buddy, <laughs> the <laughs> biggest Cubs fan I know. Yeah. Ryan Ferrucci at RyanGF10, if you want to give him a follow on Twitter. Do it. Even if you're a White Sox fan, he's he, a good guy. He's worth the follow. And he's definitely a level-headed baseball fan. <laughs> he's level-headed until somebody says something that isn't level-headed, and he attacks. That is very true. He attacks <laughs> Hot Take Tommy on a regular basis here. Now, and sends me text messages about when he's listening to the podcast and can't take Tommy's baseball rants. Now, we talked to him about the Cubs, and he said 16-8 and eight is a better record than they actually are as a team. Yeah. And I would tend to agree. Part part of it is their bullpen, right? And the, and we've been we were talking to him, and it's true their bullpen is trending in the right direction. But it's all all in consideration that it's not a great bullpen. Yeah. Right. And with that, so right now too, the starters are overperforming. Yeah. I mean, they are. yes. Well, you Dar- here's the thing. Yeah. You Darvish is. Looking like old you, Darvish. Which is, uh, that's what I was going to say, is he might be the one that isn't overperforming. Hendricks is a guy who, I I know this comparison has probably been made a thousand times, but he does remind me of a Greg Maddox of lesser stuff. Uh Um, And then outside of that, too, Lester is old and still, when it comes to ERA, overperforming. He's in his twilight years, and he is pitching right. above where he should be, according to age regression, whatever. I know Chatwood got that bigger contract, but nobody expected him to be at least this decent now. Everybody's been saying the off. regression's coming, the regression's coming, and it just hasn't yet, which, you know, power to him, tip of the cap. But I still right. don't think he's the lights-out pitcher that— right. His stats would incline. So the issue with the Cubs, too, is is obviously their star performers are not performing. Chris Bryant, Bryant is not good right now. Obviously, well, right now he might be out this series with that wrist injury. True, true. You've got Rizzo, who is underperforming. You've got Baez, who is well underperforming. Yeah, he's not being Hayward biased. Hayward has obviously, you know, gone back to good old Hayward. <laughs> At least good old Hayward in a Cubs uniform. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, you, you're looking at an underperforming offense outside of Ian Happ and... This one floored us earlier. <laughs> Jason Kipnis. Which is like, what the hell is Jason Kipnis doing in 2020 baseball? Like, what? <laughs> right. So, I mean, all of this has to even out eventually for the Cubs, right? You would think that their starters would come back to, you know, even keel where or like a middle ground, you would think. Uh, you would th- also think that their bats would – come alive a little bit more, but also maybe their bats will just be what their bats are. Right. And which is honestly not so hot. Um, And then you'd end up with kind of a mediocre team is what we saw last season too. So if that's, if they're the team that they were last season, they can and have had hot flashes because they're an experienced team. They can have a hot flash and, and be good for a while and, and win close games, but when it comes down to it, they uh, they've got good players, but they've also got just role playing guys, and I don't think their good players are 
MVP caliber kind of guys, except for Javier Baez, who when isn't he playing. Hits his peak for sure. Yeah, this season right now, absolutely not. Now, let's break these matchups down because we've got one coming up tomorrow at seven o'clock. We've got Keuchel and Lester versus Lester, who we talked to Ryan, and it sounds like it's the Spider-Man meme, right? You've got the two <laughs> Spider-Man guys pointing, pointing at each at other because they're the same. Yeah, I mean, basically, you look at the statistics. Yeah, uh, Lester has been a tad better than Keuchel. It looks like statistically. Yeah, like if you look at two and over the two seven four. Yeah, sure. Uh, K nine. I'm not sure about walks. I actually, I bet, um, I bet Keiko might be a little bit better in the walks department. You would assume. You would um, assume. So right now, though, the kicker though is it sounds like the Cubs cannot hit left-handed pitching. So that's that is news to us from the Cubs insider we have, Ryan Ferrucci. Indeed, and in addition to that, the White Sox are hitting very well. Against mm-hmm. left-handed pitching. So? So, advantage White Sox on Friday, it sounds yes. like. Yes. As long as Keiko can go out there and do what he's been doing. And I really, like, the 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 way this offense is performing, the heat of these bats, you'd think that a Lester is not going to stop them. You, In my opinion, I just I don't see a soft-tossing kind of guy like him muscling his way through our lineup. The thing is, the White Sox have done very well. One thing that they've definitely capitalized off of is young pitchers. True. Okay? That's that's true. Especially, like, young lefties like Scooble Whoopsies. Uh, for the Tigers. <laughs> that didn't go so well. It did not go well for him in his opener. A young lefty that throws hard, obviously. Yeah. But it's a young lefty, too. Whereas Lester definitely has that experience. I mean... I, I got to go back to this w- with experienced pitchers. You've got old-ass Adam Wainwright, who shut down the White Sox on Saturday. Yeah, fuck. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, it could it could go one of two ways, right? The It could be a very low-scoring game in which I don't think it goes in the White Sox favor, but then it could be a really high-scoring game, which I think it does go in the White Sox favor. And I think that's going to be the trend of the season, honestly, in – High-scoring games, we're going to out-slug. In low-scoring games, we're probably not going to out-duel. Fair. Uh, Unless maybe you've got, like, an amazing outing from Lucas or Dallas, right? And that's about – that. barring those two scenarios. So. Sorry. Right. Um, So there's that. Next matchup on Saturday is Hendricks versus Cease. Sorry. I do not like the matchup for the White Sox at all. I mean – Hendricks, once again, another soft-tossing guy, but at the same time, great stuff. He locates. He righty. just locates. The, the White Sox and the Cubs actually, against right-handed pitching, match up against each other pretty well with similar numbers, um, similar rankings in, yeah. in the league. Um, but the key for Cease is going to be, is his stuff going to be enough against the Cubs' offense? And because if yeah. he... Here's the thing. The Cubs do have, at least last time I checked, they have the best um, pitches per plate appearance in Major League Baseball. So, Hmm. against a guy like Cease, if you can get him into deep counts or if you can draw walks against Cease, you've you've got an upper hand on him. If Cease can get up early in counts and put guys away with good breaking stuff or high heat – 
that you can't catch up to, obviously, because it's 97, 98 miles an hour. Yeah. Then it, then that's going to play well for Cease. It's all going to be up to can he get up and counts early and can he throw strikes? And you'd like to think that the added incentive of playing his old team and like it's a high stakes game would play into it as an advantage to him to like hone in Mm -hmm. but it could also be a situation where he tries to overthrow and he ends up being just as wild cease as we've gotten to know him so that's where my concern is coming from is that and I mean I'm taking this mainly from Darren Jackson who says the man's overthrowing again he's wild and then he's right the man's wild and then when he settles is when he's good so tip the cap to Darren Jackson but also finally good analysis by DJ finally I love it um but I mean I just I I'm worried about that matchup and I think we can yeah it's just worrying. And Sunday we have Darvish on the mound for the Cubs. Um, see, that's what sucks about all of this is yeah. that the Cubs literally have the three best pitchers on the mound against Keiko, who's been really good, yeah. Cease, who's been spotty, and then a bullpen day for us on Sunday against Darvish. Unless I, if we just decide to say, Rouse to Bouse, you better get so out there. So here's the thing. <laughs> Think of it this way. Right. I know we have not started Ross Detweiler, and I know he's been really good out of the pen. Yes. This might be a game where you might just test it, I especially with how the Cubs have fared against left-handed pitching. I just I, – I don't agree, and I th- – the reason why is when pitchers are doing well, you just don't – change their surroundings it's like so what are your thoughts on this okay bring foster out for one maybe two sure and you immediately go to detweiler yes and then see if you can stretch them three okay so you get five innings total from from uh foster and detweiler and then you go to the bullpen like you would normally i think that's a good formula because foster has been he's opened and done well twice now Mm-hmm. And so it's been pretty decent out of the pen, honestly. It just too. seems like the right way to go, and then you take the pressure off of Detweiler of being the starter. Because in my opinion, that's probably what ended up getting to him is that he has the starter root starter routine, and he's trying to like get all stretched out and be like, "I'm the starter. I have this like I have to go through five innings or whatever, you know." And that's just you don't want to put that on him if. I go back to the fact that if it's working, don't fix it. You know what I mean? If like, it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it, thank you. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's where I'm at with Ross Detweiler. Don't try to start him when you can use him for two, three innings as a reliever. That's more value to you than trying to be like, hey, you're doing well, start for us, and then ending up with a flat tire in the second inning. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't need that. Right. Plus, I would love to see if Foster can get through two decently, even if it's just like one run over two, and you've got the Cubs lineup set up already to face up against a right-handed pitcher. Then you throw Ross Detweiler in there. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like I said, left-handed pitching has been kind of uh, like a, a weak point 
for the Cubs. Right. Really bank on Ross giving you three solid innings. Hopefully. That's what I'm thinking here, too. If it's going to be, I know it's unannounced right now for Sunday, but I think that's the route I would go if I was Ricky Renteria. But once again, Ricky Renteria defi- defies all logic. Yes, sometimes. he does. I, I got a feeling these games are going to come down to seventh, eighth, ninth innings. You know, like specifically with the fact that the the Cubs have their their best starters lined up, mm-hmm. and we really don't. And it's just going to come down to if we can get something going late. I can definitely see Sunday being a barn burner. Oh. They, and what would be really exciting for me is it, if it ends up being a duel and it's like you Darvish being you Darvish against the White Sox bullpen. And like that would just be – I would be sitting back just loving just the headlines please, after that. I, I know that's I'm not likely. Pray, please do not bring in – Please, Ricky and Don Cooper, please do not bring in Steve Ciszek <laughs> in a high leverage situation. Please, I pray to God. They're going to do it. They're going to do it at some point during this stand. I just, you know, and he's going to get shelled by his own his old team. Freaking Josh Fagley's going to take him deep please or some crap like series. that. <laughs> not this series. Pray to the Prayers. gods of baseball that he, there. <laughs> All okay. Right. Tom. No, no, no. Before we move on. Go ahead. Final take. What do we come out of this series record-wise against the Cubs? Here's the thing. As a White Sox fan, I need to know I need to set the bar low (laughs) in order to not be majorly Ah, disappointed. You've learned. Here is the thing. (laughs) I really, really like that matchup, Lester versus Keuchel. I like it. I like um, it. As long as we can scratch off a few runs on Lester, okay? Like, we got to get at least three on Lester. If we can get three on Lester and Keiko gives us a decent performance, I like for, I like a win on Friday to make it six straight wins. Ooh. Saturday, I'm gonna give us. I'm gonna give us the L. I'm lucky I'm number seven though. If they get seven straight wins, I'm concerned about the. I'm Cease. concerned about the Hendricks and Cease. Wild boy Cease and Cease not being able to Cease either, out here wilding. either leaving too much over the plate or walking too many guys, and then making mistakes or um, both and right. Yeah, exactly. One leading to the other. Exactly. Um, and bullpen days. It's I'm ju- I just keep having flashbacks to the Sunday game against uh, Cleveland or was it Sunday? Oh, who was it that they just Saturday? Let? Pardon me, it was a Saturday game. Drew Anderson. Yes. Why? Uh, Why? The Saturday game against Cleveland. They I just keep having just horrendous flashbacks to. Pulled him. I know it was Drew Anderson and not like Ross Detweiler, a lefty against the Cubs lineup. Yeah. But nonetheless, my, my problem is not that it was Drew Anderson; it's that he wasn't pulled. He should have been taken out of the yes, game. He sh- well, yeah, he should have been taken out before he had to face the top of the order. Nonetheless, bullpen days, I, especially with our management. Yeah, I'm cringing a little bit. So yeah. I'm going to say we win the first, lose the next two. I. The sweep is off the table for me. I, there's no way. I, I really think there's no way we sweep. Yeah. 
Oh, so, well, trust me. But I also think there's no way we get swept. So I think the sweep Fair. either direction is not going to happen. So it's going to be a one and two or a two and one. And for me, it's flip of a coin, you know, because I, I think I'm – it's really easy to predict how the starters – or it's it's it seems easy to predict how the starting matchups are going to go, but it's those seven, eight, nine innings that you just – that's where the volatility comes in, and it's sure. hard to predict. And, hey, what if our bats come alive and, and hit them for 10? I don't think that the Cubs can muster 10 runs, even against our pitching. I just don't think they can do it. Hit them for 10. 10, Tom. I, their bullpen isn't lights out. It's, it's just not, not lights out, but it's been a lot better than it was at the beginning of the year. I am only saying 10 because our lineup has shown potential to create that many runs. For sure. Okay. Against Detroit in Kansas City. So Fine. <laughs> and and the Twins. So, go fuck yourself. I'm just <laughs> saying. Oh, my God. It's not like I'm predicting them to get 10 runs, but volatility, let's say they do, the Cubs can't, they, they won't be able to get there. All right. I don't even think the Cubs can score six runs. Oh gosh! Oh my goodness! That's and that's fine if you disagree. But yes, I hundred percent disagree. They can hundred percent score six runs on either Dylan Cease or our bullpen day. Or honestly, yeah, fine. I just I don't think they're gonna score six runs. Talk but, about a volatile offense. Anyway, yeah. Final thoughts. Um, we're the best team in the in the league. There we, it is. We. <laughs> We're about to get out here with six straight wins against the Cubs, the Cubes on the north side. Um, it's going to be a big, big deal when we sweep the Cubs. Um, just write it in the write it in the checkbooks All now. Right. Real <laughs> final thoughts, Tom. Real final thoughts. It's been really exciting. I I think a sad. I don't think a sad boy hour episode is coming with our next episode. But I can see a Sad Boy Hour episode coming in the next three episodes. I just I don't think this high of a high is going to persist throughout the entirety of the season. But the fact that we beat up on teams we're supposed to beat up on is an amazing sign, and we should celebrate this. It's a really important thing for us to do it, especially considering the schedule. Yeah. Right? So you are right. There may be another Sad Boy Hour coming up. Most definitely. But with that being said, I am going to stay optimistic. Mm-hmm. I think we have a chance to take two out of three. A chance. Yeah. Even though a I chance. don't think yeah. it's, it's – it wouldn't be my prediction. I wouldn't put money on it. I'm at 50-50 for it. Sure. For Cubs. Um, and then from there, let's just continue to play winning baseball because that's – you got to carry the momentum. Right, mm-hmm. you gotta carry the momentum that of beating bad teams into these more important games. Exactly, and one thing of note is that we are in the point in our organization's history right now where we are allowed to, and we are expected to celebrate beating bad teams. Whereas there's other organizations out there that it's like, yeah, we're gonna beat those teams. Well, think of it this way. It hasn't happened in the last five years of us beating up on bad teams. Yeah. 
So and that is where I'm at. I want to just sit in that a little bit longer and just be like, yeah, we're doing it. We're playing baseball the right way right now. And that's worth shots of Malort. And that Indeed. is worth shots of Malort. I'll have Indeed. another. Tom? Rebuilder bus? And on we trust. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>